The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. Hey, thanks for joining us today as we conclude our For You series. This is our fourth week. We wanted to kick off the year just kind of giving our church a, a shot in the arm, some language that we can use as we try to fulfill our mission. The mission of Summit Church hasn't changed uh, because the mission of Summit Church is the mission of Jesus for his church. We are here to make disciples for the glory of God. That's what we're trying to do. And as the pastors, as the leaders of our church, we want to allow you all the tools necessary to be able to do that. So we started this series to implement language that's very simple. It's just a couple words. I am for you. Those words can open so many doors within our community as people start to hear and believe that there are really Christians out there. There is a church in their community that is for them. It's not against them. It has no ill will towards them that we're just truly for people. And the reason that we are for people is because God is for people. And over the last three weeks, if you haven't been able to join us, we'll catch up real quick. We've just kind of experienced some of the beauty of this, that most of the reason why people aren't in a church is because they've said no to church and they've said no to God. And the reason that they've done that is because they feel like the church and God have said no to them because the church is unfortunately oftentimes known more for what it's against than what it's for. And so we want to use this language internally within our ministries. We want to use this language externally within our communities that we are for you because God is for you. And last week we talked about the importance of changing people's mindsets, helping them see that God truly is for them. And, and today, as we wrap it up, really I want to answer the question, what's next? Okay, so was this just four weeks, some fun new verbiage to use within our church, or is there a grander purpose for this? And the answer is absolutely yes, but before we can jump into that, I, I want to get our minds wrapped around this idea. Pioneering. Charting new territory, taking new ground, a pioneering mindset is what has driven almost all advancement that this world has ever seen. 60 years ago, we decided we're going to the moon. And it's that pioneering mindset that ultimately allowed men to walk on the moon. And if Lusk has his way, we're going to be going a lot further someday. It's a pioneering mindset that has revolutionized advancements in science and technology and medicine. It's, it's people looking at the current situation and going, I think we can do better. I, I think we can grow greater. I think there's something more out there. This pioneering mindset is what has driven every missionary since the Great Commission from Jesus. It's driven them into unknown territories and unknown countries and unknown worlds where they get to explain the love and the grace of Jesus to a people group who would not know otherwise. Pioneers push us forward. And I believe that the church, the church that Jesus died for, is one of the greatest pioneering movements the world has ever seen. And it should be the greatest. And that's our call. That's our desire. The past is great. The history, the heritage, it's rich. It's good. The past is great. But we cannot stay in those moments. 
If the past defines a group, that group is in trouble. I want you to hear this. I'm going to say it twice. When your memories exceed your dreams, the end is near. When your memories exceed or are bigger than your dreams, the end is near. And that's true for any organization. It's certainly true for the church. And I don't know if you can think like I can of many churches who go, Oh, I remember back in the day. Boy, we were, we, our church was full and there were kids running around everywhere. And those were the days. Those were great. When our memories exceed our dreams, the end is near. A couple weeks ago, I asked, what is Summit known for within our community? Within our community, if someone knows Summit, but they don't necessarily attend, they haven't been within our walls, what are we known for? I can answer that. In the, in the first five years of our church, we were known as the college church. It wasn't our intent. It wasn't what we set out to do. We were in the middle of Newcastle in a, in a school gymnasium and then in a cafeteria and then in a performing arts theater. But, but there were these hundreds and hundreds of college students driving out there. It wasn't what we meant to do, but it's what we were known for. Now for the last four years or so, Summit, kind of within the community, is, is known as that church that merges with other churches. And both of those things are great. It's what God did in those seasons. But for me, while the past is great and we want to celebrate what God has done, that's not good enough. Because what I want to be known for, what I want Summit to be known for, what I want people in the community to say is that Summit is that church that is for people. Summit is that group that just seems to care about the community more than it even really cares about itself. I want to be known as the church that is for its community. That will require us to engage and to continue to use this pioneering language, this for you language, a church that is for its people. The local church is supposed to be a pioneering movement like the world has never seen. That's what the church is supposed to be. And while the church has a very, very, very rich heritage and history, when our heritage becomes those good old days, our memories exceed our dreams, we're in grave danger of never having another pioneering moment. And not that we're on the cusp of that church. I don't want you to hear that at all. I just want to make sure that we are looking forward, that we are pursuing new ground because the cause, the need is so great. There are people in our communities that do not know the love of Jesus. As we said last week, the price that Jesus paid was just far, far, far too high for us not to take that message of love and grace to a hurting community in a dying world. And we can do so with this for you language, and we do so because Jesus, he was the greatest pioneering leader of all times. And he's not done pioneering. He's not done with each and every one of us. Because of this, Every person who's ever accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior has their current state, where they're at now, 
where their faith is, how they've grown, how they've matured. But then they also have the desired state, the desired state of their pioneering Savior, Jesus, the state that he wants to get them to, the pioneering place where he wants them to be. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, talk about that so, so beautifully. In Hebrews 12, 1, it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, we'll talk about that here in just a moment, let us throw off everything that hinders us from growth, from moving forward, and let us throw off the sin that so easily entangles us and keeps us where we're at, in our comfort zone, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. We got to strip off anything that's going to stop us from running the course that Jesus has prepared for us. This course of maturity and growth and pioneering. Verse 2, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus because he is the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he knew what was coming. For that reason, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the reason that he knew that there was so much more for each and every one of us. There's so much more for you, church, so much that he wants for you. He endured the cross for that. Not so that we can stay comfortably where we're at, but that so the author, the perfecter, the pioneer of faith could move us into that perfection. Now, chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, it's kind of called the Faith Hall of Fame. There are 16 men and women listed in this chapter specifically because of their great, great faith. Abraham, David, Enoch. Enoch didn't die. He just got to go straight be with God. How cool is that? Isaac, Jacob, Rahab, Moses, many more. They're all listed for one reason, their amazing faith. But I want you to hear how Hebrews chapter 11 ends. Verses 39 and 40, the last two verses, they say this. These, these 16, were all commended for their faith, Yet none of them received what had been promised. None of them received the perfecting. None of them received the promise, verse 40, since God had planned something better for us. It's talking about the church. God had something better planned, something bigger planned for us so that only together with those pioneers of the faith, with the hall of fame of faith, that we together with us would be made perfect. Ultimately made perfect in the image of God. Now that comes when we go to be with him in heaven, when we receive our new bodies. But God had this plan that this would happen all together. That Moses, Isaac, Jacob, David, Todd, you would come together on one day. The joy set before him, remember? The joy set before him, he endured the cross because he knew that in doing so, he would open the gates and pave the way for us to be made perfect through God's power and because of his grace. He knew where he was trying to take us. And he endured 
a heinous death because of that. He pioneered our faith. And he's still doing so today. We have a pioneering savior. One on whom we are to fix our eyes. This means, this means that we look forward to him. He is our goal. We keep pioneering. We keep believing. Because pioneers understand a few important things. We learn them from Jesus himself. Pioneers understand that God is a multiplier. Okay? He multiplies things. His math is crazy. It doesn't follow our rules. When you are faithful with a few things, he'll give you many, many more things. He's a multiplier. He turns our little into a whole, whole lot. I've seen this so many times in my life. The way we say it here at Summit is all that God needs is for you to be faithful and obedient. It's all he needs. He'll take care of the rest. You stay faithful and obedient in the little things, and he will do great things. He's a multiplier. The second thing is that pioneers aren't scared of the unfamiliar. Pioneers are not scared of the unfamiliar. In fact, pioneers are intrigued by the unfamiliar. What is the unfamiliar? It's the unknown. What is the unknown? It's what we cannot see. Where is the unfamiliar and the unknown? It's in front of us. We have not been there. Where do most people live their entire lives? Where they're at, where they know, where they're comfortable, where they feel safe and secure. And Jesus is going, I have so much more for you. If you would just trust me as the pioneer of your faith, you would just step out. And church, I know this language, as simple as it is, this for you language, for some of you, it's terrifying as you think about what's next. You're like, oh no, I'm going to have to use it. I'm actually going to have to do something with this. But that's exactly what Jesus wants as he's molding you and growing you, and strengthening you and equipping you. He is the pioneer and he is the perfecter of your faith. And he doesn't want you to stay in your comfort zone. He doesn't want you to stay where you feel the safest. He wants you to grow. He wants you to step into unknown territory for he is a pioneering savior. Pioneers know that the current ground is not the ground God intended them to stay on. He has new ground if we simply trust him and move. Move into our communities, starting with just our neighbors. Looking at those around us, those we come into contact with and thinking, how can I reach them? How can I be for them? Because God is for them. Today I want to ask the most important question of all pioneering. There's really just one question that that leads and guides all pioneering movements. I want to ask it because I know that God has work he still wants to do in and through you and in and through us as Summit Church. It's a fantastic question as we conclude this For You series. And, And here it is. What's next? What's next? You might call it the next steps. But what do we do now, Todd? Well, here's what we cannot do. Here's what we cannot do. We cannot listen for four weeks, hear some new language, and then fail to apply it all together. That's what we cannot do. We cannot go back to where we were. Cannot do that. 
That's what we cannot do. So, so what are we going to do? Well, let me give you a list. Some would call this casting vision. I would call it pioneering and establishing some things that we want to grow into. The first one being simple. We want to share stories of how God is using for you in our communities. We want you to share with us how you are using this language to get to establish common ground, have a conversation, see a connection form between you and this person, and ultimately that connection between that person and God, the God that is for them. We want to begin to share those stories. We want to put them out there because story inspires us. A great story inspires us to move, and it also encourages us. A great story gives us courage because you go, if they can do it, well, then so can I. And so we want to be saturated by the smallest and the biggest of stories of how God is using you to let your community know that he is for them. We're going to start using social media. I know a lot of people feel like it's the evil of this world. And when used incorrectly, it absolutely can be. But when used correctly, it can be the greatest mechanism the world has ever seen to get this message out. So we're going to start using our social media platforms to get the message out that our church is for our communities. And we want you to do the same thing. Similar language. Let's just fill, fill our Facebook feeds and our Instagram. Let's fill it with this language that God is for people because boy, that's a message I think the world needs to hear right now. We'll be writing a for you playbook, literally handing you the playbook. Here are some guiding factors. Here's some ways to inspire. Here's some ways to be for your community. We're going to literally write the handbook. We're going to give you in that handbook instructions and teaching on how to have spiritual conversations with people. Once you've said, hey, I'm for you. Why are you for me? Because God's for you. Why is God for me? Because Jesus died for you. All right, well, what do I do next? Um... Check the playbook. We want to give you these instructions. We don't want to just leave you high and dry because we believe that this language is going to inspire revival. We believe that this language is going to reach into the darkest places of our community because people want to know we're for them. And that's what this language is going to allow us to do. We'll have monthly emphasis Okay, just because I know some people, it's like, go before people. All right, what does that mean? What, what do I do? So each month, at least for the rest of this year, we're just going to give you an emphasis. You know, maybe it's frontline people or, or schools or maybe it's your neighbors. We'll just have a church-wide monthly emphasis. Hey, try to do these two things this month to let people know you're for them in your community. We'll do that to just work together in that way. We want to better help you connect with our local mission partners. They're already doing a lot of the frontline work, letting our communities know that we're for them. We want to better help you connect with those local mission partners, paving ways for you to have relationships with people in your community. 
once COVID restrictions allow our home groups to kind of get back up and running more efficiently and more regularly, and when we're meeting together, we're breaking bread and we're praying, we're going to have home group initiatives. It's so much easier to be on mission when you don't feel like you're doing it alone. So there's people that are going to be around you that are doing the same thing and speaking the same language. We want to do that as, as soon as possible, as soon as safe. We're going to have internal and external church-wide events around this For You movement. Internal, meaning we're going to have volunteer pushes and serving opportunities right here within our church. That you can be for our church. There's still people here that hopefully don't know the love of God. So we're going to have internal, we're going to have external pushes. Don't just think big block party type stuff. We're going to have things where we get together to let our community know and show in a very, very, very big way that we're for them. Next week, we're going to jump back into the Gospel of Luke. We stopped right at the birth of Jesus at Christmas. We're going to jump back into the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to go verse by verse through it. But one of the things I'm most excited about is that we're going to learn from our Master. We're going to learn from Jesus. His words are going to teach us how to be for our communities. His actions are going to show us how to be for people. And finally, just to summarize, church, we are going to do our part to fulfill the Great Commission. We are going to be a church that is for our community. And we're going to take the gospel message, the life-saving gospel message, to those who desperately need to hear it. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus says this. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I've got it all. Therefore, because I've been empowered with this, I give it to you. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them. Oh, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And don't forget, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Church, we are going to take Jesus' command very seriously and we are going to boldly proclaim the message of the gospel in other countries because God is for them too. We are going to go, we are going to reach, we are going to see lives transformed, we're going to see people baptized, we're going to see people discipled because of the grace of Jesus and the truth of the gospel. We're going to see that, and because, why, why is all of this going to happen? Because we will be a church known for being for people. That's why I know this is going to happen. We will say yes to those who have said no, to those who have said no to Jesus, for those who have said no to church, for those who have said no to what we believe, we're going to say yes to them. We're going to let them know we're for them. This is our pioneering vision given by our pioneering Savior. Our memories are great. The last 11 years have been great, but our dreams are greater our dreams must exceed our memories. And for me, church, I can tell you with certainty, my dream for what God is going to do in and through you in this next year is gigantic. Because the Bible tells me, the Bible tells me clearly that I serve a God and I follow a God 
who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than I could ever think or imagine. And so knowing that God is leading this movement, that that God is for our communities, therefore I am for our communities, knowing that that God who will do exceedingly abundantly, the biggest dream that I have, I am stoked. I am so excited about what is going to happen because of for you. But that's just the language. That's just the language. That's just what we're doing to get on the same page. It's really the mission that hasn't changed in 2,000 years. It's what Jesus has called us to do. When your dreams exceed your memories, you pioneer. Church, let's go. Let's go. Let's leave the comfort and the safety of what we know. Let's leave resting on our laurels and the memories of what once was. Let's leave that behind and let's go. And today, as I conclude, I have one question. Who is ready to go with me? Who is coming with us. You're watching, listening from somewhere on some type of device. And if you're feeling a stirring in your spirit to say, yeah, me, Todd, I, I'm right here. You can't see me, but I, I'm ready. I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I'm ready for what's next. Then here's what I'd ask you to do. If you're able to leave a comment right now, if you're, if you're watching live, make a comment. If you're not, then, then jump on one of our social media platforms and leave a remark with the hashtag for you so that we know, hey, hey, I'm in. Hashtag for you. I'm with you. Let's do this. I can't wait. I'm dreaming. I'm praying. I'm ready to take new ground. Leave that. Or if you don't want to do any of those, just email me. Send me an email and say, Todd, I'm in. I'm with you. I got you. Let's do this. Let's do this together. Let's reach our communities for this reason. We've been called, our pioneering savior has paved the way. Within faithful obedience, he's just asking us, will you come? And I'm saying church, let's go. Father, fill us with the joy of your salvation. Equip us with the strength and the truth of your gospel. Send us with your love into our communities to let the people around us know that we are for them because you are for them. May we see people baptized. May we see those who need, need you, Jesus. May we see them come to you and come to transforming and saving lives in you. May we see them discipled and grown and then sent back out into our communities. Father, we love you. We thank you. And we eagerly await what you're going to do in and through this church because you are for our communities. So we're going to let them know that and we're going to trust that you're going to do the rest. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.